0: To God, hallelujah, hallelujah, good morning, hallelujah, glory to God, as the children run to their class away from Pastor Tony, hallelujah, glory to God, she's welcome to go if you'd like, it's up to you. So, great God and Father in heaven, we thank you for this time that we have together. Father, I can't explain, but you know exactly what's in hearts, what's on minds, where everyone is, both physically and spiritually. So, Lord, I just pray that the rest of the time that we have together, Holy Spirit, you have your way. Yes, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come yes. on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. So, I think I've, I think I may have worked people too hard yesterday and (laughs) everybody decided to stay home, but that's okay. My brothers and my sisters, uh, last week we were in um, Galatians chapter 6 and that's where, you know, primarily the message was and originated from and and we're going to be there um, today. So we'll begin in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, Corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, capital S, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Our sisters, um, you know, I've, I've given you some information here and I wanna you know, hang here for a minute. Uh, obviously, this speaks to a spiritual law and we discussed this last week and many of you know this already, but just for the sake of some who haven't been here for a while, maybe. Um, this speaks to spiritual law. This is a forever thing. <clears throat> Whatever you sow, you will reap. That's uh, something I mentioned last week. Some people from other religions, other uh, philosophies call that karma. It's it's spiritual law. That's something that God set into motion from the foundations of forever, and it will always be that way. Amen? <laughs> but see, my brothers and sisters, and as I mentioned last week, the the way that God explains things through the scripture it's it's in things it's it's way that ways that people can understand and specifically in those times being an agrarian culture farming and s- things like that it made it easier for people to understand and we could even understand it now uh, and I want and that's why I've given you also in in Genesis just follow me in Genesis chapter 8 this was Noah after Noah um, the, the, the earth dried Remember Noah, and Noah gets out of the ark. The Lord orders him out of the ark. Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold heat, winter, summer, and day and night shall not cease. Do you see what the Lord is saying there? So now some people, whether you believe that that actually happened or not, it actually happened. But my brothers and sisters, you, what, what do he say? See time and harvest. So there's, there's this time to plant the seed and there will be a harvest. In order for the harvest to happen, you have to plant the seed, amen? amen. It's common sense, isn't that right? So he's explaining the spiritual the spiritual truth, the spiritual law is, is explained in terms that we can understand. There has to be a seed sown in order for there to be a harvest reaped. And in fact, even whether we intend to or not, we're sowing seed in our lives, spiritually. We are sowing seed in our lives. And we are going to reap the harvest of those seeds that we're sowing in our lives. Amen? Again, spiritual law. But do but you notice that though? Several things in that scripture... Um, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat. Okay? I'm not saying that, um, I, 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 I don't want this to be political, but I want you to know what I believe, why I believe it. Because this word is true, it's eternal, because God spoke this, I'm not worried about the earth all of a sudden becoming so hot that human beings can't live on it. I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh, the, the climate doesn't change. The climate flux, fluxes. It's done since the beginning of time. But, and I'm not sa- standing here preaching against you know, that religion of environmental science. I'm not, I'm not here specifically that. But what I am saying to you is, I believe God. I trust God. And so when God says to me something simple like that, seed, time, harvest. When God says to me, I'm going to reap what I, I believe him. So I believe everything that he says, not just pick, I, I just don't pick and choose what I want to believe, what sounds good to me, what the science of the day, what the passing fad or fancy is. God's word is true and it's forever. Amen? So I can't just pick and choose. It is, it is what it is. Winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. Ha. Huh. See, he's speaking physical laws, physical things, but at the same time, he's giving us this, picture of spiritual things. Verse 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Uh, Addie, did I give you that? Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so my brothers and sisters, I want, I want to call your attention to two things. When we first began, it says, he said, he the apostle by the Holy Spirit saying, do not be deceived. So he, in the, there's a warning. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He begins that because, my brothers and sisters, some of the things that he said previous to that, and I'm not going to go back all into that, but there must be a reason that he said that, my brothers and sisters, because there is a propensity, because there already are people at that early stage in church life, there were already people preaching and teaching different things. Amen. And so now he's saying, don't be deceived. Don't let these other philosophies and these other teachings sway you or make you believe something else, because God is not mock. God will not be mocked. There are many things that are happening right now that are a direct mock, a direct fist in God's face. You know, we could say, we could look at the culture and look at the immorality and all the things that are happening and the things that they're trying to teach our very young people right now. And we could say, you know, well, that's just a different philosophy of life. It's just, no, make no mistakes about it. That is an absolute affront to God. That is absolutely purposeful in that it is. Everything that God everything that God put in us, everything that God made us for, everything that creating man in his image, everything that God has, has done, everything that God has pronounced, they are waving their hands in God's face. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's gonna reap. I do not want to be in the shoes of some of these folks when they have to stand before God and give an answer for some of these things that they've done. Well, I didn't know it was going to be that kind of preaching because, you know, I could have stayed home and watched something, Joel Olstein on TV and he was going to tell me everything is great, everything's fine and dandy. <laughs> but but it is. And and that's the thing about it. Because, my brothers and sisters, it is good. God is good. God is love and God has no intention for you or I to suffer any of those things that is going to happen because of the enemy, the Prince and the power of the air taking control in this current age. God doesn't want us to suffer that. God has done everything he can to keep us from that. Amen? That is good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. In Ecclesiastes, don't turn there, uh, you'll see some of it. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. If you go through that, a time to weep, a time to mourn. Come on, you you guys are familiar with that. By the time you get to verse 9, here's what it says. What profit has the worker from in which he labors? I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. See, my brothers and sisters, listen, when you sow the seed, there is a time between the sowing of the seed and the actual reaping of the harvest. But if you're like Tony, you want to see it right now. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for it now. I don't want to sow this seed and wait to pick the fruit later. I mean, I've got grapefruits on a tree right now that are green. Hurry up! What, I, I want a grapefruit, right? Come, I'm not trying to be silly. You understand that there's, there's this time. See, but God has given, God has determined the times. Seed time and harvest God has given a time. God has called you and I to do certain things. And He's also called us, my brothers and sisters, not just to do those things, but to reap the benefit of those things, but in His time. Amen. Thus, verse 9, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season... That What's the due season? That time that God has determined. Amen? Amen. And... and I, I, I want to be honest with you, very transparent. I struggle with that. Am I the only one? No, no, no. I struggle with that. I, I you, I, I, I'm work. How about this? I work all week. At the end of the week, or two weeks, or whatever it is, whatever your pay period is, I want the check. Show me the money. Come on. You're not working for free. At the end of those two weeks, or whatever your pay period is, you want the money. You worked for it. Amen. Okay, so, so my brothers and sisters, that, that's, that's kind of our nature. That's kind of where we are. Human nature. That's human nature. So here's what God is saying to us Listen, you keep sowing. In my time, my timing is perfect. I've determined a time when you're going to reap the harvest, when you're going to get the benefit. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so in that time, my faith is tested. That's for sure. In that time, my brothers and sisters, i got to really sit back. i got to really buckle up because in that time, not only am I waiting for the harvest, but there are all, all these other things that are going on around me. And, in some, and the, some of these things that are going on around don't look too good. Amen? And a lot has to do with the enemy, the prince of the power of the air, the enemy of your soul trying to get you to usurp God's timing. Come on. So look, it hasn't happened fast enough. I've been praying for this, or I've planted the seed, but it's not, I'm not seeing the reward. I'm not seeing the fruit. So maybe I'm going to try something else. Wait a minute. Did God call you to do that? Right? Remember the question last week. What seeds are you sowing? Amen? Amen? Okay, so let me continue before I stay there way too long. My brothers and sisters, I was going to read to you out of John 15, but I'm just going to summarize. In John chapter 15, read it later. But, but Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and the father's the husband. He's the vine dresser. Remember that? You all remember that? I'm the vine. When you, imbi- when you abide in him, he expects you to produce fruit. We're talking about fruit today. Because ultimately, the seed that's planted is supposed to yield something the fruit the crop amen? amen okay so this is Jesus saying all of the vines all of the branches excuse me that don't produce fruit they get cut off and thrown into the fire amen. and if you are a vine or oh, I'm sorry again if you're a branch that's producing fruit I'm gonna prune you why because you're gonna produce more fruit so The reason why I bring that scripture to you, my brothers and sisters, is God requires fruit. And and just let me say this. All of us, whether we intend to or not, are producing fruit. We could go, um, and I will, I'll go to Galatians. Just listen, you could turn there later. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder. Do you know, my brothers and sisters, if you're envious, or if you're jealous of somebody, that's the same thing as being an adulterer. How do you know that, Tony? I'm smart. No, it just said it. It just said it. Do you, can, you, can you understand that at all? If you have bitterness or toward, hatred towards somebody, my brothers and sisters, that's the same thing as committing fornication. How do you know that, Tony? It just said it. Hallelujah. Envy, murders, drunkenness. Drunkenness? So you mean to tell me getting high and being drunk is the same thing as committing fornication, being an idolater and all of that? You might as well worship a, a totem pole if you're going to constantly get high and drunk. How you're, you're you're coming back after hearing this, right? Now. <laughs> no, but think about that for a moment. I didn't make that up. So this is not some old gray-haired preacher teacher trying to tell you turn or burn. No, I'm saying what the word says and what God is saying to me and to you. If you're being if you're drunk, if you're if, if you're getting high and you're you're doing these things, you might as well worship a totem pole because you're in the same category as an idolater. And by the way, idolatry just doesn't mean you're a pagan. It doesn't mean you're just worshipping totem poles, the stars, the moon, the sun, astrology. Anything that you put before God, you're in danger of being an idolater. Now, I know that I've got a couple of amens, but I want to tell you that I'm not just making that up, and I'm not just taking an extreme. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's scripture and drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's very specific. So that doesn't mean that because we are believers in Christ Jesus and we're living in the age of grace, that we could go ahead and stumble over a few of these things and still make it to heaven. I want to tell you, if you're living your life, in, and if you are practicing Sex out of wedlock, if the Lord splits the sky and comes back to take his church, you ain't going. How could you say that, Tony? I didn't. He did. He did. And so I'm not trying to bang you with the scripture and tell you all this, but this is how serious it is. And if the apostle, by the Holy Spirit, is warning, this letter is a letter to the church. This apostle is warning the church. So how am I a pastor in the last days? We know that the Lord can split the sky at any moment. How am I, a pastor in the last days, going to say anything different to the church? We need to be ready. We need to be ready. We we are supposed to look different. And we're not supposed, very simply, we're not supposed to be walking after these fleshly lusts and desires. Amen. Amen? And what he's saying, if you are, don't count on heaven. Come on. Aren't you so glad you came this morning? No, but here's the good news but the fruit of the Spirit. What? Fruit. The fruit. There's some fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's the good news. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Look at what, know what he's saying. You've, gotten, you've been born again. Remember I explained this last week. What he's saying is you've been born again by the Word and the Spirit. So if you've been born again, so now live your life in the Spirit. Don't go, go to the foot of the cross, repent, accept Jesus Christ now as your Savior and your Lord, and now you go back to live in your old ways. No, he's saying, look, you've been made alive in the Spirit, now live according to the Spirit. Amen? Did I make that up? (laughs) Amen? Amen. I know this. I know this. You know why? Because I still live in a body. It's easier to say, hard to do. It's impossible to do without Him. I need Him. I need Holy Spirit. And He knew I needed it. Because He said, you need the Spirit. When He comes, He's going to teach you. Didn't He say that to them? And He's saying it to us when He's saying it to them. And he said this, without me, you can do nothing. In that John chapter 15 that I alluded to just a little while ago, he said, because he said, I'm requiring the fruit. But the fruit that's coming is coming by me through you. Without me, you could do nothing. Come on. See, this is the good news. God has this requirement on us, but he is the one that blesses us to be able to do it. It's Him doing it, but He's doing it through us. All we have to do is receive His Word and be obedient to His Word by His Spirit. And He's not even asking you and I to obey His Word just being left on our own. He's asking us to obey His Word and He's giving us the power to obey His Word by His Word and His Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. This is good stuff. This is very easy. See, now I know that there's some people, many people watch, probably more people watching online than there are in this room. So... I know to some of you, wow, this is so basic and rudimentary, um, you know, who didn't know that, blah, blah, blah. Well, if everybody knew that and everybody abided by that, there'd be a lot less of what we're seeing out there in the culture right now. There'd be a lot less of that. But see, but the, the church has been corrupted so that now anybody and everybody thinks, well, you know, it's okay. Our young people, it's okay. It's not okay. He's called us to walk after the Spirit. And when you're walking after the Spirit, there's a power that's in you. So now when you sow some seed, it's being sowed by the Spirit. Listen, by the Spirit and listen in partnership with God, and there's some spiritual power that's happening right there. That's a spiritual seed that was sown. And when, listen... God has to bless it. God has to be in the middle of it. It has to be according to his will, according to his word. When he's doing it with you, through you, by you, then all of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, you're going to reap a benefit. There's going to be some fruit and you'll be rewarded for the fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week when I preached this message, I, I, I'm so grateful because I, I get to drive home with grandkids and, and you know, young people that are yeah, my granddaughter, I ask her, and she gives me feedback, and I want to make sure that I'm communicating properly because we have young people here, my grandkids, your kids, and then so many young pe- people m- may be watching. And she want exactly, you know, what about the fruit? What, what, what exactly is the fruit? And so, my brothers and sisters, I know that many of us in this room know what the fruit is. First of all, we just read the fruit of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace, right? Kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. All of those things are fruits of the Spirit. Those are literally characteristics of God. And when you have Holy Spirit abiding in you, those characteristics are available to you. See, those things now, and the more you put yourself to death, the more you stop paying attention to your own body, your own flesh, the things that you think, the, the less you pay attention to those, and the more you put in the Word, and the more you study, and the more those things those characteristics then become more like you or that's more what you're like, say that the right way. Amen? So those characteristics then become your characteristics. You're more loving. How many of you in this room and maybe even listening or watching, you know, you knew that generally speaking, you weren't very um, loving toward certain people. But you know since you've been born again, now you're much more loving and tender hearted, not just to the people who are, are loving and tender hearted towards you, but to people that, you know, don't even like you. I can't do that without God. Come on. I, I, when I was when I was I wasn't raised that way. I'm not saying that my mother or father taught me to hate in any way. But no, stand up for yourself and if someone's doing you wrong, you mm. God has taught me something different. His nature is turn the other cheek. That's hard to do. Isn't it? But God, that's God's way. And and listen, without God, I can't do that. Amen? Amen? But with Him, I can do it. So, see, I'm walking in the Spirit, and that's some of this fruit now that's evident in my life. But there's other fruit that's also that God uh, talks about. I'm going to just give you a couple of examples. Um... Remember, John the Baptist, he came before Jesus, and he was the, the light bearer. He, he came in the spirit of, of, the, of the prophet to announce Jesus is coming. Remember? Yes. Okay, so, so what he did, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, get ready, repent. Right? Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit to you out of Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw, John the Baptist saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers. Now, was that very nice? He's absolutely telling them. You brood of vipers. He's he's calling it what it is. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, watch this. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. So now we have fruit that's worthy of repentance. What's he saying? What's that mean in our language, in our our vernacular? What he's saying is, okay, look, if you really, listen, if you're really serious about being here, if you're really serious about what's going on, if you really want to escape the wrath to come, then go ahead and show that you've really changed. Fruit of repentance. Show that your lifestyle is totally changed. What's the fruit? How you live your life. He's telling them the fruit of repentance. Fruit that shows that you've taken a totally different direction. That's what repentance means, doesn't it? Do you see that? So, fruit. There have, now, he's, he's, I always I say this. Now, John the Baptist, somebody else has sown some seed Someone has talked to somebody. There's this man, John. I could just picture it. There's this man, John. He's in the wilderness. He's preaching and teaching, and many people are starting to follow him, and he's baptizing people, and, man, people are getting convicted, and, and man, they're, 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 they, they just feel so sorry for their sins, and their lives are changing, so now you have these religious leaders that are going down. Let's check this out. And so they show up to see what's going on. John calls them right out. So some seeds were sown. What seeds were sown? Somebody's lives changed. And these people heard about it. So some seeds, Hallelujah! Do you hear this? Some seeds were sown because people dared to change. Some seeds were sown so much so that these folks had to come out. And then John is watering some seeds here. You bird of vipers. You guys are like snakes. You're supposed to be taking care of the people. You're supposed to be leading the people. Who warned you? You know that there's wrath to come. There's wrath to come. So now John is watering the seed. So now they're faced with a decision. And he lays it right out there for them, doesn't he? Go and show fruits worthy of repentance. Let's, Let's see. The seed has been planted. I'm watering it. Now let's see if there's some fruit that comes. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. This is so elementary. This is so logical. This is so, it's just easy, isn't it, to see? So what are fruit? Here, fruit of repentance. Show things that something's happened to you. You've received some kind of word and by the Holy Spirit now you've, you've re- right, right, the Holy Spirit, He's going to bring conviction. So now you're convicted. And so now you realize, I have to change. Amen? Amen? So it's watered. And so now come on. Now the fruit the, the well the fruit is going to be determined by what what by their action. Isn't that so? But listen, some of those folks who were followers of John and preaching what John was preaching or teaching what John was teaching and had their lives changed, they had seed sown in their life, they sowed some seed around them. Now John is watering and so, let's, God's got to bring the fruit. Amen? <clears throat> also, this is a scripture that we were in last week. In 2 Corinthians, in uh, chapter 9, I'm going to begin reading in verse 6, but there will be some of it on the board. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Let me, let me pause there for a moment. So here we have another law of sowing and reaping. Right? What is he saying? If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow a little bit, you're going to get a little bit. Tony language. Alright? Sow a little, get a little. He and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Sow a lot, get a lot. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Do you, do you see what this scripture is saying? And I know I explained this last week, but I'm so thankful that we have guests and maybe more guests here. Listen, I get to say it again. You see what this is saying? When you're giving, when you're sowing, God is going to make sure you have everything you need. Amen. Plus, he's going to give you more so that you have to share. Amen. Plus, he's going to give you more so that you could sow. Amen? is it that's so easy isn't it very easy so now what, what am i saying here's what i'm saying we have boxes by the doors make sure you give a lot on your way out no that's not what i'm saying because that's what modern-day religion or theologies would tell you the 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 prosper the prosperity gospels and stuff. man throw you'll send me a thousand dollars and the lord's gonna bless you sow a seed Sow a thousand dollar seed and the lord is gonna bless you is could that be possible absolutely it could be possible it could be possible But look at what it says. Go as what the Lord is leading in your heart and be a cheerful giver. And see, part of being a cheerful giver is you're not cheery or you're not happy because you're expecting God to send me a thousand and God's going to multiply that blessing back to you. If you're having a financial difficulty, give money that you don't even have and God is going to send you a check. The check will be in the mail. It doesn't work that way. Because if you're giving so that you can get a check in the mail, you're giving for the wrong reasons your heart is in the wrong place. We give because, what? why? Because God gave to us. And that's what this scripture is saying. God is going to make sure you have, if you're, at your, if you're planting, if you're sowing the seed, if you're sowing bountifully, if you're sowing a corn. Let me, let me say this. You all remember the story? Remember Jesus was standing by the treasury and that woman gave pennies? And Jesus got up and he announced it. This woman gave more than anybody. So think about all of the rich people that were probably there and they're all proud and happy because they're supporting the church and now they think they have influence because they're all proud, happy, rich people so now they get to influence the pastor. You know, they get to influence the priest and everything else. Come on. But Jesus stands up and says, "Uh uh-uh. She gave more than anybody because she gave of her need. She gave every. Come on. See, that's ta- now that's speaking about sowing. She sowed some seed that was huge for her, even though it was little, right, in amount comparatively. It was little, but it was huge. What a seed that she had sowed. And she had the God in the flesh. Think about this. She sowed just a couple of pennies, and she had God in the flesh stand there and announce to everybody, Wow! Look at that! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Wouldn't you want to know that when you stand before Jesus in the last day or whenever it is that you get your time to stand, where Jesus says to you, wow, you did a good job. Would that be worth all of the trouble, all of the things that you're going through down here? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Verse 9, in that same passage, 2 Corinthians 9, as it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, look at it with me. Now he, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So now look at this. We have fruits of repentance, fruits of righteousness. So look at all this. Okay while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Wow, that's a lot of words, Tony. What, what does that mean? So look at what happens. He who supplies seeds to the sower. So the seed that I'm sowing comes from God. Amen? Isn't that what that says? And bread for food, supply, and look, at, watch this, supply and multiply the seed that I have sown. So what it's saying is I'm sowing the seed and God's going to bring multiplication to that seed because what happens is, you guys know this, I plant a, say you, a, anybody ever have a, plant a garden in your backyard or anything, right? You know, I, I plant, it's, 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 it's something, right? I got a little tomato seed. I just planted some new ones. I like these specific tomatoes. So I cut the fruit and it was loaded with seeds and I take this, I took the seed, I planted it and I'm waiting for it to come. It's taking a little bit long. Huh? But it's, I, I want this to grow, right? Now watch. I took a seed I put it in the soil. Now that plant is coming up. When that plant comes to maturity, how many more seeds am I going to have? This is the scripture. This is what the scripture is saying to us. Isn't that awesome stuff? Isn't that just great stuff? And see, when I grow that food or that fruit or that, whatever it is that this thing, this outcome, that it's going to bless others. That's what this is for. It's to bless others. Right? But see, so, the, and now I want to take you back because those of us are, on Wednesdays, we have adult Bible study. We've been studying at the 1 Corinthians. And remember what it said. In, now remember, just to give you, some of you who maybe haven't been there in a while, one of the things that Paul was correcting that church at Corinth about, remember, this is the letter to the church. He's saying, there's divisions among you. Some of you are followers of, Apostle, uh, of the Apostle Paul. Some of you are, are, are followers of Apollo. Some of you say, I'm sticking with Jesus, Cephas, whatever it is. There were divisions among them. But I'm following the teachings of this one, that one, the other one. So what the Apostle Paul is telling them, there should be no divisions among you. Everybody should speak the same thing. Everybody should be about the same thing as it relates to teaching and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But look what he says in 1 Corinthians 3, in the first part of verse 6. I planted... He sowed, this is the Apostle Paul. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Did you, do you see that? Okay, Tony. I planted, the Apostle Paul was the apostle, he was the, the evangelist. He, start, he brought the gospel to that church at Corinth. He started those churches, all of those churches in, in, in Europe and in Asia Minor. That was because of the Apostle Paul. He went on, the, amen, several mission trips, and he said, I I planted, but then there was another teacher, Apollos. He watered. Amen. He watered. But God gives the increase. Remember what I said before? I want to see the increase. I'm planting. I want, you know, but my brothers and sisters, maybe you know, you're watering. Maybe someone already planted the seed. Let me just go back. For, um yesterday, I I the care and share. I thought it was so good. I I I was so happy because we had so many volunteers. And like I said, you know, maybe we worked them too hard because they're not here today. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, there were seeds that were sown. We, we may not see the fruit that comes of it. There may be other people that God has ordained to continue to water. Maybe some of you will water. Maybe the, next, the end of next month when we go back we'll see some of the same people like we did this time and maybe we'll be able to bring some more good news to them. We may never, some of those folks may never visit our church, and thank you for visiting. Some of those folks may never visit our church. My brothers and sisters, but that's not where we're doing it. Why are we doing it? Well, we want to make sure that their physical needs are taken care of so that they know that there is a God who loves them. And we are His hands and His feet. And we are going to, listen, we're going to display the love of Christ that was displayed toward us first. And by so doing, we're planting seeds. And we may never see them come to our church, but my brothers and sisters, I got a real, I, I believe in my heart that we will see some of these folks when we stand before the Lord. We will see some of these folks in heaven because you're planting seed. Because, and, and let me just say this too. Not everybody from this church or even the folks that are continuously uh, watching online and listening online who have maybe donated to the church. The funds that you've given, because you have a heart and you want to take care of folks who are maybe struggling at the moment. So so because you've sown into that ministry, you're sowing seed. So when someone else waters and then God brings a harvest, that's your fruit. You had a part in that fruit. Hallelujah. And see, I know that because it's scriptural. And I'm going to bring you to Scripture. Every, everything I bring, I bring by Scripture. It's not my opinion. I'm going to tell you why I, I believe what I believe. In Philippians 4, just write it down. Look at it later. Philippians 415 17. This is the Apostle Paul, right? He's speaking to the church at Philippi. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift. I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not seeking the gift from you, but listen to what he says. But I seek the fruit. Watch this. I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Do you see what he's saying? Okay, watch. Here's what he's saying. Because you're ministering to needs, I'm able to go and, and minister. I'm able to go and evangelize. I'm able to go and plant new churches I'm able to go and minister to people and the kingdom of God is being expanded why because you're sowing and so this fruit that's coming of this it's in your account <laughs> hallelujah Amen. hallelujah so this is part of this treasure that we're storing in heaven right when we're you know we're saving and there's I'm not saying that you shouldn't save money you shouldn't be wise you should be good sto- stewards over what God is what better stewardship would I would I have if, if then, like, blessing the kingdom of God, I'm investing in the kingdom of heaven, an eternal kingdom. Again, I'm not asking for your money. I don't care. That's between you and God. I'm just saying, though, for many of you who have participated, you couldn't go there. And those uh, who worship with us from afar, miles and miles, the church in the uh, in the Philippines, the church in Pennsylvania, the house church in Pennsylvania. We have people that watch, the people in Germany that watch us, the, pe- the people from all over the United States and from, from other countries that worship with us. My brothers and sisters, maybe some of them have donated. I don't look at the finances, I don't know where it all comes from. But my brothers and sisters, look at if they've donated, if they've, they've participated in our care and share. So those seeds are being sown, and the fruit that comes from that is on their account. It's on your account. But before you get all happy, no, no, no I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, funny here, but just remember, it's not because I'm trying to build up this big bank account. I'm explaining the principle of God. And God is, he wants us to know about this principle. Why? So that we don't get so caught up in building, listen, in building our, our kingdom down here. There's a different kingdom that we're building and that we're working for and that kingdom is eternal. Whatever we have here is going away. But my brothers and sisters, again, uh, so I'm happy because I get to serve with the Lord. See, look, I'm serving the Lord but I'm also serving with the Lord. Why? I can't do this on my own. He has to bring the increase. Isn't that what we just read? See, I, so, so my brothers and sisters, again, this is an awesome, awesome thing. Our God is awesome God. He spoke everything that we see into existence. And the things that we can't see, He spoke it. Everything came by Him, through Him, for Him. Amen. And that God that is so big, so awesome, that God not only allows us to serve Him, but He serves with us. Isn't that awesome? I, I, I don't understand it totally. I don't. But guess what? I'm glad. Hallelujah. He brings the increase. We sow the seed. We water the seed. He brings the increase. Hallelujah. But here's what some things we need to know. Hallelujah. Whatever. It is. In Luke 6, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a, a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good fruit. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, watch. Okay, so now, Tony, that kind of lines up with the name it and claim it, folks. Mm, No, I can name it and claim it all day long. If it's not according to God's will, it ain't going to happen. However, my attitude toward things can change, and sometimes when my attitude toward things change, I get a little bit of a favorable, but no matter what gain I have here, because of manipulation, because of a positive attitude, no matter what I get here, it's temporal. It's, it's going. It's going to burn. But I'm looking for this eternal, and what this is saying to me, listen... That's why it's so important to you and to I that we understand what the Word of God is. That's why I use so much Scripture. I want you to know what the Word of God says. Not what Tony says. What I say don't mean anything. Unless it's absolutely from here. So our minds and what's in our heart has to come from here. Why? Because that determines the fruit. That determines the seed that we're sowing and the fruit that's going to come of it. Are you with me? Come on. Isn't that just what we said? Isn't that, that, that scripture says, and now you guys know this, many of you have heard this before, I've taught like a series on it years ago. <clears throat> Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap character. Sow character, reap destiny. Do you follow that? So where does it begin? What do you think? Sow a thought. Reap in action. So when this is saying, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, this is having to do with, listen, what you're thinking in your heart, eventually you're going to act on it. You're going to act on it. You're going to, you know, you can have all that, I know so so many strong-willed people, and I know people that could control themselves, and especially when they're around certain people, but sooner or later, something's going to happen. The Bible says this, be sure your sins will always find you out. So something's going to happen, and and it's going to be exposed sooner or later. But, so, so. uh uh-oh, no, no. We all have frailties, we all have issues, but this is it. But if my, listen, if the intentions of my heart are in line with God, it's going to be okay. I have to change the way I think. The way I think and the way I feel has to be molded by what I get out of this Word of God by His Spirit. My words are Spirit, they are life. Amen? Awesome stuff. Hallelujah. So now, I had a, uh, I brought a ball with me, but I left it in the office. No. I don't know. What? Throw it. One-handed, baby. Still got it. So Mitch, stand up, help me out. <laughs> See, now Mitch just threw that no sweat. Yes, two hands though. <laughs> throw it back. No matter how many times we throw this back and forth, it's going to land. What's that? Gravity. Gravity. Man, this earth is spinning so fast that I forgot the speed. Anybody know? Huh? A thousand miles an hour at the equator. Okay. thousand miles an hour. Can you imagine that? The fastest I've ever gone in a car is a hundred. And I was shaking in my boots. <laughs> my son demonstrated for me uh, not too long ago how fast his car could take off. And it threw me back in the chair. It made my stomach queasy. You're laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? At you probably guys wouldn't have made it. I'm telling you. So now, there you go, Mitch. Watch. But this, you're good. So this earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour and we're all glued to the ground. How come we're not slung off? This is a, let's listen. This is a physical law. Right? There are physics. We have electricity. Why? Because of physical laws, right? We have all of these things that are physical laws. So now, for me, and, and, and I'm thankful for it. Come on. I'm thankful about a lot of these physical laws that God um, put in, in, you know, to guide the universe. Yeah. Amen? It's an awesome thing. The physical laws keep us alive. Physical laws have, have, have allowed us to prosper in many ways, all right? Technology being what it is. It's all based on physical laws, physics, science. Come on. You, are you following me? And look at how we depend on those things. Look at how we depend on those things and look at how we take them for granted. But what about spiritual laws? See, physical laws, God can change. Remember in in Joshua chapter 10, when the Israelites were, were... fighting the Amorites and they were, they were slugging it out with them and God was helping them. God said, they're not even going to be able to stand before you. God was making it rain down, hail on the Amorites. The Israelites were chasing them and they were running for cover. And, and my brothers and sisters, you know, Joshua in front of all of Israel, he prayed that the day would last longer so they could defeat their enemy. And God made the sun stand still. Do you believe that? I believe it. Oh, that's because, Tony, you're supposed to believe it. You're one of the naive... You know. No. Listen. Listen, again, if He spoke us into existence, why is it hard for Him to make the sun stand still? And actually, it wasn't the sun standing still. The earth stood still. still. Amen? Amen. Well, why didn't it burn? Because God didn't let it burn. That's why. God violated physical law because He wanted something spiritual, supernatural to happen. He made it happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, so, so my, my message about you know, sowing and reaping, You know, we, we take for granted these, but what about this spiritual law? We have to really focus our attention on spiritual law. Remember, um, God so many times did this for women who were barren and, and they couldn't have babies. And, and uh, Hannah comes to mind, she couldn't have any, any babies and she prayed to God, right? Remember that? And, and she gave birth to one of the greatest prophets ever, Samuel right? She promised God, you give me the son, I'm going to give him back to you. And she did. She couldn't have a baby, but she did. Amen? So, so this is to, God does miraculous things, right? Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, she couldn't have babies. And, then, and, her mother, and John the Baptist's mom, mom and dad were pretty old. In fact, it was so unbelievable that when the angel spoke to the Zachariah, John the Baptist's father, and said what was going to happen, well, prove that to me. You're going to have to show me a sign or something. 'Cause I'm an old guy and she's an old gal, and it ain't happened for us yet. So you're gonna, have, and so okay. Here's your proof. You ain't gonna be able to talk. <laughs> here's your proof, right? Okay. So what? So God took what was physically deemed impossible, and He made it happen. And Abraham and Sarah being some of the among the most famous. In fact, because Abraham was so faithful, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Amen. Right. So look, there was fruit because of Abraham's faithfulness. It was accounted he had righteous fruit. Amen? And not only that, what God promised he was able to do. In verse 6 of, of Genesis 15, it says, he believed the Lord and he counted, God accounted it to him for righteousness. Amen? And we, and we know what happened. Eventually, she became righteous. When, remember when uh, God announced that Abraham laughed and then Sarah was in the back. What's, what's the matter with Sarah? Why is she laughing? Uh, she got all nervous. I didn't laugh. Oh, yeah, you, you laughed. A little bit. Yeah, you did. A little bit. But my brothers and sisters, God was able to do, listen, violate what was physically impossible because there was a spiritual law that superseded that physical law. Amen? God does everything according to the counsel of his own will. He does it because he wants it done. Amen? He doesn't consult with Tony when he wants to do something. I don't know why. No, I do know why. Because Tony is so finite. Tony is so flawed. My brothers and sisters, so I thank God that he loves me enough so that he, listen, that he does have a plan and a purpose for my life. And if I will line up my will with his, it will go well. Amen? Hallelujah. Why? And no matter physically, you know, Whatever, it doesn't matter because spiritually, I'm sowing seed, or he's and he's bringing the increase, and he's multiplying seed so that he can bring forth the fruit. Amen. It's all uh, this is awesome stuff. Remember, I'm going to read something to you. Second uh, Peter. I'm almost on Second Peter chapter two, verse six. And she is so good. She is so good. Second Peter two six. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes. God condemned them to destruction, making them an, an example to those who afterward would live ungodly did you Did you hear that see God let us he let that be an example to us. This is out of second Peter, so we know that happened way back in Genesis when God actually destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their uh, you know abominous sin if that 's a word so so you hear what i 'm saying, and so he 's saying that 's an example God showed his wrath bits and pieces to show you listen. At the, uh, um, right now um, he's staying the execution but at the end he's going to destroy evil so that we don't have to be concerned with that anymore. Amen? And hallelujah. That's just, I'm looking so forward to that. I don't know about you. But look at this now. Making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. So, so wait a minute. Righteous Lot? If he was so righteous what's he doing there in the first place? Remember what happened? Remember, when Abraham left and went to uh, the land that God didn't tell him where he was going, he just got up and left, Lot, his nephew, went with him. And so remember, God is blessing Abraham, and because he's blessing Abraham, Lot is also receiving a residual blessing. So now their herds and their uh, employees, they're growing in numbers, and now there starts being some little uh, contentions among the employees. And so... Abraham says, listen, we're family. Let's not let this get between us. Why don't you pick where you want to go? I'll pick, you know, you pick where you want to go and we'll separate so that there's no contention between us. We're brothers. So Lot looks out and he sees this plain. He sees this fruitful area and he knows that's where he's going because his, his, uh, he's going to be able to feed all of his livestock and it's going to be great. That's what I want, right there. Bless the eyes. And so he moved. Instead of Listen, instead of this, he has to know that he's being blessed because of his uncle. Uncle, listen, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to talk to my employees and I'm going to tell them to shut their mouths. Anyone who doesn't want to do that, bye-bye. He didn't do that. No, he has this opportunity. So why am I saying this? How many times, my brothers and sisters, in our own human nature, do we look at things that way? And as much as we're trying to be faithful to God but we still have this lust of the eyes or we still have this lust of the flesh pride of life we won't even let our own pride get out of our way Uh, God is saying this but my own intellect tells me that come on come on so he looks at and they separate and then every morning and it says that he he pitched his tent facing that way facing where? Sodom and Gomorrah so every morning when he gets up, the first thing he looks at when he gets out of his tent, Sodom and Gomorrah. What he kept looking upon, he became part of. Uh-oh. Did you, did you hear that? That's spiritual. What he kept looking upon, he became part of. But the Bible, but look at Peter by the Holy Ghost and did deliver righteous Lot. So Lot is living in there, and you know what happens? The angels come and they're giving him a warning. Because Abraham interceded for him. Abraham interceded with God. Remember, when God told Abraham what was going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah, at the same time, he said, this time next year, Abraham's 99 years old. His wife, come on, his wife is 10 years younger. They have not had any babies. Now they're way past the age, and God is saying, this time next year, she's going to give birth and that's when she was in the, she was over, she was kind of eavesdropping it's <laughs> yeah right and why does sarah laugh <clears throat> listen listen watch abraham just believed him. and so he says i'm going to tell abraham what it is that we're about to do god is giving an uh, he's listen god is giving an opportunity i'm going to tell abraham what it is that we're going to do because he's going to raise his children according to us, to obey us, to to obey my laws. He's going to raise his children to follow me. And so we know what happens. The, The angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, speaks to Abraham and tells him what's going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah, what's about to happen. And so Abraham starts interceding for his nephew. Hey, if there's a person, if there's 45 righteous people, would you spare it? And he bargains it down. You know that, right? So God sends angels. Why? Because Abraham interceded. Yes. And God sends angels and they get... Now watch. When the angels go there, Lot is at the gate. That means he's like an elder of the town now. He's on the board of directors. He's on the council. He's at the gate. So here's what happens. What he does is he takes these guests, these visitors who are angels. He doesn't know that. He just brings them to his house. The men of that town go there. We saw them. Send them out here. We want to have our way with them. When the men of that town saw these men, these angels, and they wanted to have fornicate with them, Lot saw these men and tried to protect them. There's a difference. Righteous Lot. And bec- my brothers and sisters, th- this is it. So listen, Righteous Lot just, there were some seeds that were already sown in his life. He already saw the blessing of God on his uncle, yep. didn't he? There were some seeds sown in his life. So now in this moment, something happened. Something happened. What happened? Well, I know what's going to happen to these men if I leave them out. Come in. I want, he, 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 Righteous, he protected them. Come on. Hallelujah. This gives you and I hope. Remember when one of the times remember God promised Abraham something and he 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 renewed the promise and the covenant a couple times i 'm going to read you out of Hebrews, and I want to show you something out of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter six, beginning verse thirteen For when God made a promise to Abraham because he God could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, "Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. You see that God is going to bring the multiplication um, yeah, right come on you, amen, and so after he had patiently endured he Abraham. Patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You see? Watch. W- what does that mean? There was this time. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, Abraham patiently endured. See, and when it says God swore by... When, remember when Abraham fell asleep it, it was, and he had that vision where God told him to take these animals, split them in two. You know what God did? God allowed, uh, he, he showed him a vision where a torch went through the middle of these animal sacrifices. Because remember, back in that day, what happened was that when anybody, two human beings, entered into a covenant, they would walk in between these split animals and the blood would be dripping and all that. And what that meant was, if, if, I, if either of us break this covenant, what happened to these animals is going to happen to you. Anybody know that besides me? Of course you know that. Okay, so now watch. God could not swear with any human being. He didn't ask Abraham to walk down that. God swore that oath or that covenant with himself. What does that mean? It ain't going to break. There was no one equal to God. There was no one that was God's equal that could swear. So when he went, when God allowed Abraham to see that torch, God's presence the Shekinah glory going through those animals, walking through there, that's what's saying, you can be assured, Abraham, this is going to happen. Amen? Amen. 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 So look, when God took a body and He let all of His blood drip when He was on that cross, He swore a covenant, an oath to you and to me. And nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. So you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you, listen, listen, you allow His Spirit to take over your life and your heart. Follow His Spirit. Walk in His Spirit. And that covenant, He will never break. You can be sure, my brothers and sisters, by the blood of Christ, you will always be the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I also, I, I thought about this too when I was studying for this. How about the prodigal son? Mm-hmm. Remember the prodigal son. You know, he, He's, he's being raised by his father and his father, so now he goes off because he wants to do his thing. He doesn't want to live by the spirit. He wants to live according to the flesh. So he goes off. And, w- and what does the Bible say? When he, when he hits rock bottom, now oh, the money's run out. There's no more good time, you know, no more uh, pot to share with his friends. There's no more alcohol to share with his friends. There's no more girl dancing girls to share. There's no, no more. Party's over. No more money. Out of money. No resources. So he's in a pig pen. Feeding the pigs and thinking about, I'm so hungry, I could eat what they're eating. But then the Bible says this, he came to himself. What is, and then it explains a little bit. What does it explain? Man, even the people who serve my father do better than I'm doing. I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell them, oh, you know what, I've sinned against you and, and, and God. And I don't even deserve to be called your son. Let, just let me serve you. What? What happened? See, that father, seed, 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 seed. And God, my, my brothers and sisters, I know this is a parable. Jesus, this is a parable. But Jesus is teaching us something through this parable. So what seed are you sowing? I, I want to say something. I, I know uh, Mitch, many of you may not notice, but Mitch was quite uh, the college athlete, uh, pitcher for his college team and all that. But that didn't start in high school or whatever, when Mitch, as far as I know the story, Mitch, holler out, correct me if I'm wrong, as far as I know, his father, from a young age, had him throwing. So there's seed that's being planted. Now this is, uh, uh, come on now, just hear me. So from a young age, Mitch's dad has him throwing. There's something that's being planted there. Amen? Amen? So by the time, Mitch, I mean, bad weather, by the lights at night, amen, when he wasn't feeling good. All of that I just said to you. But his father, do this. Do, and Mitch is a lefty, so I was going like this. But Mitch, is, he's from the other planet. He's, he's a lefty. You're from the other planet too? Well, they say that people that are left-handed are more intelligent. Don't get too prideful, I'm just saying. So look, look, throw that left hand, right? And he's now, So now Mitch, listen. Because of that, he was quite the college athlete. All of that stuff that was... But no, even more than that. Well, yeah, Tony, oh, big deal. We all can say those things as it relates to what, how you, you know, what you're practicing, what you're doing, how you're growing up, right? With the habits that you... And so he's quite the college pitcher. But you know what? Even more so. You know what I, you know what I think I know about my son-in-law, my, my son in the Spirit? He's a disciplined young man. He's a disciplined young man. He's successful at his work. He's successful at his job. My, my kids, my Rachel and Anthony, both successful at their jobs. There's a work ethic that they have because it was planted in them when they were young. Come on. So, so my brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, again, like I did last week, what seeds are you sowing? What, what seeds are you sowing? Come on. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. Addie, would you put up uh, 2 Corinthians two? I I want you to be encouraged. He who supplies the seed to the sower, God is giving you seed and bread for food. Supply, multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So look, here's here's what. Maybe I need to change what I'm praying. Maybe, maybe, I don't, maybe I need to... I, I'm not going to stand here and say it's wrong for me to pray for an outcome. I'm, I'm not going to stand here and say that. But maybe what I should be praying, maybe I'm at a season in my life and maybe you are too. And Maybe that's why God is bringing us this message. Maybe I should pray for some seed to sow. And maybe I don't, when God reveals that to me, maybe I need to go ahead and sow that seed. So now watch, what could that be? Well, it all starts with this am I convinced that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of the world? Amen. That's, it has to start there. And do I believe that this word, when he says, my words are spirit and life, and when he says, you search the law, he said to the religious people of his day, you search the law because in, in, the, in the scripture, you think that you're going to find eternal life. He says, but it speaks of me. Yeah. And then he flat out say, says it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it has to start there. And then when he says things like, My words are spirit and their life. I need to pay attention to that. And what does that mean? That means I better go ahead and know what this says. Because there are a lot of guys like Tony who will stand up here and tell you a lot of things, but if it's not lining up with this, they may have great intentions. I have great intentions. I don't desire to mislead anybody. I I like to think that every time I get up in here, the Holy Spirit is ministering. But you better be checking me out. You better know what this says. Amen? Why? His words are spirit in their life. And that's where you're going to get your seeds. That's where you're getting your seeds. Listen, you want to plant seeds. Those of us who have children, we want to make sure we're planting good seeds. We want good fruit to develop from, from, the, from the children that God has given us. Amen? He said, well, well, it's too late, Pastor. No, it's not too late. It's not too late. How many young people do we know? How many young people do you come in contact with? How many... Let, let's, let me say it this way. Young adults are struggling. Why? Because of all of the bad seed that's been planted in their life. Now, the, I'm not a, a psychologist. I'm going to say everything that bad has happened is because somebody screwed you up in the, in the past. And forgive my vernacular. Are, are you with me? I'm not going to say that. Could it be? Yeah, that has a bearing on it. There's no question about that. But then once... Listen, once you reach a stage in your life, then you have a decision to make. And some of you may be sitting in this room right now, whether you've been here 30 days, 20 years, however long we've been doing this, whether you've been here a couple hours. It doesn't matter. You may be in this position right now because God is asking you to make a decision. Make a decision. This is the way Joshua said it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So look, in servicing, in your service to the Lord, He's going to give you the material you need to serve Him. He's going to give you seed to sow. And He's going to, listen, He's going to allow you to water or He's going to have somebody else water. And, there's, and he's going to multiply the seed. He's going to bring the fruit. And the fruit is reserved on your account in heaven so that when you stand before him, he can say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over little. I made you rule over much. Stand with me, please. Sowing seed. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to sow the seed that you've given us. Lord, reveal to us, your word, your truth. Let it go down inside of us, Father, in such a powerful fashion that we can't help but to be moved and motivated by it. Lord, I pray that you would give us seed. Lord, we want to see outcomes. Lord, I want to see everybody that we've ever talked to, all of the people that we minister to, all the people that we give to, Lord, I'd love to see them all be born again and be multiplying seed that you've given to them but the fact is lord i don't control it so i yield my will to yours and in this moment lord there are people in this room and people watching lord reveal your will to us but lord please give us seed the seed that you desire for us to sow lord allow us to water Give us discernment by your Holy Spirit and wisdom and knowledge and great understanding that if you've called us to bring the water, that we'll bring the water. Lord, in Jesus' name, we love you and we ask you to multiply and bring the fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So now look, before you go, if God has moved on your heart about anything specific, and you'd like to talk to me or pray with me about it, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just His agent in this moment. But if God has ministered to you and He's moved on your heart about something and you want to pray, let's don't leave here. Let's pray. If you're not sure if you're saved, that the Lord splits the sky and you're not sure whether you're going tonight, if He could split it in the next moment, do you know that you'll go? Because you could know. Don't leave unless you know. Amen? Amen. So now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week. Sow some seed. <laughs>